So um, I have uh, two friends who, like, I've known her since high school. Um, they're amazing, holy people. Because she's a nurse, he's a doctor, and um, even though they still work, um, they always do these medical missions to Africa and South America and the Dominican Republic. And I was on a mission with them once in the Dominican Republic. And uh, their son and their future son-in-law was going to come with them. Except, you know, they're Catholic, very practicing Catholics, and um, their son-in-law um, is not religious. So just because I'm kind of invested, I was curious to meet him. And uh, the first time I met him, actually, I like him because he's joyful, but he says, said to me, he said, well, all religion is made up. Well, I don't know if you know this, but I'm a priest. I tend to take things like that kind of serious. So I was like, well... That's an odd way to meet somebody, but he actually turned out to be a great guy. Um, and he's kind of likes the back wilderness. He was a river guide, loves the, you know, Idaho, the back wilderness, love, love, love being a river guide. But he fell in love with this um, girl. And really, if you're going to have a marriage, it's hard to be a river guide and be married. So... He gives up being a river guide, um, gets a job in the technology field, doing really well. He's an incredibly hard worker. But for the sake of love, he sacrifices the river. Then, you know, he says he's not religious, but he goes on these medical missions. And when I was, we were in the Dominican Republic, holy cow, he was a great worker. And he's working for the poorest of the poor right along the border of um, Haiti great worker. For somebody who's anti-religious, he does a lot for other people's lives. So he says he's anti-religious, but he gives a lot to people who he barely knows. Um, says that he's not religious, but um, this sounds kind of strange, but his wife is like a wine connoisseur. So even on his, works a lot in the technology field, because she's a wine connoisseur and he loves her, they buy this vineyard. And when he's not working, he's then, they are working at the winery vineyard. And my point about that is that Marshall, his name is Marshall. Marshall says he's not religious, but in one sense, he is religious. He offers God a really fine wine. And I use that phrase for this reason. The idea of uh, a cup of wine is really a big theme, a repeated big theme in the Bible. Um, and so think about this. Um, to make a covenant, you need a glass of wine. To enter into marriage in Judaism, you need a glass of wine. Wine shows up all the time, like even up there. Uh, so a cup of wine, one definition of religion is that you're offering God the best wine. So this parable reminds me of Marshall for that reason. Now, I got to warn you. I couldn't sleep last night, tried everything, just couldn't sleep. Um, so you know how after a night of not sleeping, you're kind of punch drunk? So I wanted to put out what the point of the homily is just in case I go off on a tangent. Um, but the point is this. Think about the first reading and the gospel. Um, it's the same parable. Jesus just expands it. And it starts with this idea that God, the master, he built this vineyard. He did all the work. He built the vineyard. What is a vineyard? 
The vineyard is creation. Um, God built everything, and then he leases us out to us tenants. So that point there is everything in the universe is God's. Your life belongs to God. Everything belongs to God. He just rents out life to us for a couple years. If you're lucky, you get, you know, 90 or 100, but all life is rented, and you have to pay the rent. Um, so that's interesting. I love that. Yeah, you have to pay God rent. And in the vineyard, um, the vineyard grows wine, or sorry, grapes. And in the first reading in the Hebrew, it's much better because God every morning inspects the vineyard. And the grapes are our spirituality, what we produce. And the grapes, um, it says in the Hebrew, it's a better, it's a play on words because they sound alike. It says God searches the grapes and he looks for mishpat, justice. And what he finds is mishpat, bloodshed. He looks for charity. And what he finds is indifference, neglect. Uh, looks for love. And what he finds is pain and anger. So the idea is, well, what kind of fruit are we making? And then you have the wine press. What does the wine press symbolize? Religion. If, like, the grapes are kind of us, uh, what we produce, the wine, the wine press produces wine. And where it says there's good grapes, in the Hebrew, there's good grapes that make a, a fine wine. And then the Hebrew, when it says um, uh, stinky grapes, it says wild grapes, but the Hebrew is stinky grapes. That just makes this bitterness, this big vinegar. So what that type of religion offers the world is more anger, more bitterness, more division. The fine wine that you offer God that's supposed to intoxicate the world with greater and greater love. And so what kind, of, what kind of wine is our religion making? And the idea is that to pay rent for this great gift of life, you have to offer God some wine. So that's a big thing in the Bible. Um, you have to offer God some wine. Now, I don't know if you know this, but in the Old Testament, to keep the Sabbath, and this kind of drives me up the wall, because I said, what do you do to keep the Sabbath? Well, yes, you do have to rest on the Sabbath, which means enjoy, but you have to gather together as a community, and you have to offer bread and wine to God. You have to offer God wine that we produce. Um, so uh, we've been doing that for thousands of years, and then the idea is the wine uh, we must offer God bread and wine every, every Sabbath, and we place it on the altar and ask God to consecrate it into the body and blood of, of Christ. But what if your type of religion, it doesn't offer the fine wine of compassion and love and justice. What it offers is bitterness and anger. And you expect Christ to consecrate that? Um, so Jesus tells this parable because this is, on Palm Sunday, remember, he overturns the money tables, changers. He hates religion that causes division. And then he says to the priests and the Pharisees, um, think about it. Last week, he told a parable that, oh, you call yourself religion? Religion is about commitment, and you have no commitment. This week, he oh, gives another parable. And they would have known the parable uh, that 
your type of religion just produces more poison in the world. Uh, they knew what he was saying because they want to kill him. And notice in the parable, he said, you know, uh, year after year, God expected them to pay rent, and they never paid rent. He sends the prophets, and they kill the prophets asking for rent. Um, then finally, he says, I'll send my son, and they end up killing his son. The idea is that bad religion, um, it doesn't participate in life. It doesn't pay rent. It kills life. So what religion do you have? And this story is not really about the past. I mean, it is. But it's a story right now. And yes, in the past, they did kill the prophets. They killed Christ. That's what bad religion does, offer death to the world. But the point now, for 2,000 years, we offer God wine. Um, and what kind of wine is it? Love or more bitterness and anger? And there's this uh, great theologian that appears on TV. Um, her name is Judge Judy. Um, <laughs> you guys know her? I, like, I love Judge Judy. I know um, some people don't because she's mean. But I got to tell you, scientifically, they found out that short people are just meaner than other people. No, it's the truth, trust me. Um, but, like, I kind of like her. I know, like, I, now I'm going off on a tangent. There's this judge I was friends with in Meridian. I really love him and his family. Anyhow, we had meet for coffee, the whole crazy clan. And um, anyhow, the judge was there, and I said, oh, you're a judge, right? And he said, yeah, yeah, I'm a judge. He said, I, so he said, can I ask you a personal question? I said, yeah. He said, do you know Judge Judy? Could you give me your autograph? And he says, well, she's not, that's not how a law clerk works. I don't care. I like it. Um, and have you ever seen when people show up to her court and they haven't paid rent? Like, I'm not, I don't know why anybody would be a landlord, but um, have you, you've got, never seen that? Okay, you guys don't watch Judge Judy. But let's say, Bob, let's say Bob hasn't paid rent in months and months and months. And she says, well, Bob... Why didn't you pay rent? And Bob says, well, because the carpet. I didn't like the color of the carpet. And she'll say, now, let me get this right. You live there January, February, March, April, May, June, July. Why didn't you pay rent? Well, I don't like the carpet. And then she goes off. Like, she's kind of crazy. She goes off and she says, well, you're, then you're a squatter. You're a squatter. You live there, but you didn't pay the rent. No, no, it's just the carpet. No, you're a squatter. And I hate to challenge you, but God gave you life. God gave us the world. Uh, are you a squatter? Are you offering God the wine of compassion and love and justice? If you're not, in the words of Judge Judy, you're a squatter. So Jesus, when he meets the Pharisees and priests, yeah, they think they're so religious. They think they're religious, but they're offering God a glass of vinegar and poison, and then they expect God to consecrate it. Um, our religion is supposed to offer God the wine of love and compassion. Now, back to Marshall. This sounds kind of strange. Marshall says that um, he is anti-religious because in his background, he was um, belonged to a religion that was kind of abusive and controlling, and he says, I don't I think everything in religion is made up. It's just a way of controlling other people. Really? Because what controls you, Marshall? You sacrifice everything for your marriage. 
You work so hard because your wife wants a winery. You work with the poorest of the poor, and you work hard for them. What controls you, Marshall, is love. And what he offers is really a rich, fine wine of love of his wife, his kids, his in-laws, of the poor. He offers a really nice wine. He says he's not religious, but remember, you must offer God every Sabbath wine. And Marshall, he does offer a very fine wine. And the same way, like for his in-laws, who I think are saints, there's this great example, hopefully, uh, of what real rich wine tastes like. Hopefully, all of us here at St. Pius, we're teaching the world what a fine wine looks like. Our lives produce the grapes of love and compassion and mercy, not the grapes of bloodshed, more anger, more we're better than you are. All that creates is a religion that produces poison for the world. What we're supposed to produce is an intoxicating love for the world. Hello, this is Father Len McMillan. I'd like to take a moment to thank you for listening to our podcast. If they've been a blessing to you, I'd also like to invite you to prayerfully discern supporting the podcast financially. Your generosity would help support the ongoing production and distribution of the podcast. If you'd like to make a donation, you can simply click the link in the podcast description. Be sure to tell us your donation is for the podcast in the comment section of the submission form. Again, thank you for your support as we seek to share the good news of the gospel. May God bless you for your generosity.